Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about Nintendo. The classics of all classics when it comes to gaming consoles. Yes, but also we both agree it's not better than PlayStation, right? It's different. <laughs> Let's not start bashing on Nintendo right away <laughs> off the boat. But I think somewhere along the line, you know, very early on, Nintendo decided... You know, we don't agree with Michael Jordan. We're not about the fuck them kids mentality. We are about the kids. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the roads divided. They kind of stayed. And uh, I, I don't want to call it the kids gaming console, but they decided not to uh, evolve and go crazy hard with the graphics and go crazy hard with like the game types. They made a console that was full of fun games for everyone, for the family, and I think that's kind of been like their sweet spot really at least that's how i see it would you agree or no so basically you're saying they decided to focus more on kids and family stuff and they've gone down that lane whereas playstation and xbox and all that are competing for you know teenagers adults etc yeah i see xbox and ps5 and i think those are the main ones i mean there's other games and stuff that is kind of join the conversation and vr and shit like that but i feel like mostly everyone's trying to compete with like computers and being built like a computer and being powerful and being able to handle the best graphics and all that for nintendo they just trying to be fun and literally yeah like creating games that aren't necessarily the most powerful or the most beautiful but they're kind of just going for the fun aspect yeah i could see that i mean i do think the switch which we can get more into has become something, I mean, we had back at our apartment and I know other people's places I've been to around our age who have switches set up and stuff. So I feel like that has kind of gone to another overlap, but I definitely agree in general with the fun aspect and even with the kids and family stuff with the Wii and even GameCube and Game Boy and stuff like that, like it does all kind of fall into that range. And I do agree they aren't really trying to compete as much as just find their own pocket to live in and that is more of the fun games and stuff like that and I think also underrated that they have their own quote-unquote franchises of characters and stuff with all the Mario games and whatnot which we'll go into more but they're almost somehow still a little bit underrated for how much they built in a way. Somewhere around like the Nintendo 64 or even the GameCube they felt like up to par. Nintendo had the exclusive access to Mario and Super Smash Bros and stuff like that. But this is when like the Call of Duties, like the first one was coming out, which wasn't even that popular yet. But the fighting games and stuff like that was coming out. Like the first person shooters, the Halos and stuff like that were almost coming out. And Nintendo 64 had, uh, what was it, like GoldenEye or some shit like that? Mm -hmm. 007, which is one of the classics, believe it or not. It's even like making a little bit of a comeback. I've been seeing like TikToks or little funny Instagram videos about it, like about the music, how it was good. Like the dude that made the score for it was in his bag, like straight up right, making right. a banger or some shit like that. They had the iconic sounds and whatnot. I feel like somewhere even down the line, you could see where that decision happened, where they were competing with the PlayStations and the, I mean, technically maybe not even Xbox was out yet, but I mean, we'll get into consoles and stuff like that later on, but their next release was like the Wii. 
that was when the big change happened between like the PS2 or PS3 and the Wii and the Wii. Even when you turn it on and you start creating the character, you see the difference. Like, oh, this is this for fun and games. PlayStation's all about like technology and having the fastest internet and playing online and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, we could get into that. Well, let's take it back first. What are your, I guess, earliest memories of some kind of Nintendo product? Because for me, I'd probably say the GameCube. Like, I didn't have one, but I would go to people's houses sometimes who did. But that was like my first exposure to Nintendo. And you just knew even in general that the GameCube had this kind of reputation. The earliest memory I have of Nintendo was me owning a Super Nintendo. I don't know if you ever did. First thing I had was a Game Boy. So never had a Super Nintendo. Damn, it's crazy. I had a Game Boy too, but I think that was later on. But yeah, I had a Super Nintendo. As I mention it right now, I'm thinking about it. I honestly don't even know if it was mine, to be honest with you. And by that, I mean, I think it was like my parents. My mom really liked Super Mario and I think she got it. And obviously it's in my house. So now it's mine too, or I see it that way. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure I was part of the decision to get it. That's kind of cool though. Even if it was just your parents, like, I don't know how many parents were buying Super Nintendos for themselves. Right, right. <laughs> That's true. I remember having it, having like Super Mario, having the one where... He turns into the raccoon. I think that's Super Mario 2 or 3. I'm trying to remember. I did get myself a Nintendo 64. Or I didn't get it myself. But you get what I'm saying. I had a Nintendo 64 a little later on. But it was much later. I had it like almost right when like the GameCube came out. I don't remember how that came about. But yeah, I had a 64. Never had a GameCube though. But I used to go to my cousins and play that over there all the time. That's where I like learned to play Super Smash Bros. GoldenEye. All that shit was pretty fun. Used to play GoldenEye, like a four split screen, like four players split screen, like on a 16 inch TV. Used to go crazy, bro. (laughs) Like imagine that PlayStation took over my life a little soon after that until maybe the Nintendo Switch, which happened recently, (laughs) like in the last couple of years. Or I mean, not counting the Game Boys. I see the Switch almost as a hybrid in between like a console and a handheld. Yeah, it's like their version of the PSP kind of also. Right. Which Game Boy did you have exactly? So I definitely had multiple versions. I had one of the earlier ones that was like a little thicker that was just, you know, straight up. And then I had at one point the one that flipped open. The SP? SP, yeah. I want to say the first one was like a turquoise one. I don't remember for sure. And then the SP was like all black. But I remember liking also... The Game Boy Color that was like see-through and you could, you know, see all the different parts inside and all that. That was a cool little design trend. I had that. Ooh. I had multiple Game Boys. I think I broke one or two of them. And luckily, my dad or family used to keep sending them from the U.S. Because that shit is crazy expensive in DR. But I remember having like the yellow one. And I think after that, I had the clear purple one. Super fire, bro. I did play once or twice, like, the original Game Boy, the really big one that's, like, the classic off-white with, like, the purple buttons. The screen was, like, not even colored, or it was just, like, green little 8-bit models. Later on, I got the Game Boy Advance, which is, like, the rectangular kind of... That one was also purple, but not see-through. And that shit was ass, because it was, like, hard to see, if I remember. Later on, I remember my dad getting me, like, a accessory... That was literally like you'd connect. It had like a hole to the top 
and it was like a light literally like a lamp that would like bend over and like light oh, up the yeah, screen yeah. so that you can see but it was so wasteful because it would use your battery power like right right <laughs> fucking awful the design was atrocious but had a lot of fun with that my little cousin alberto actually got the sp like a year or two later that one had the light up leds like you could play it in the dark or whatever being like yo this shit is crazy this is so nice and him having i think it was like baseball mvp or mvp baseball or some shit for it and me saying like yo this technology is going crazy you could play baseball in your hands and it looks so good it probably looks so bad i don't even want to <laughs> google it right now i remember being like fully jealous like damn he has this shit i kind of want that what games were you playing on it dude i don't even remember yeah i feel like it was a mixture of like pokemon and then the mario games and stuff yeah it had to be something similar i remember playing a lot of the pokemon games I think I had like one Donkey Kong game that was fun as fuck, but I don't remember which. And other than that, yeah, it was like Mario, Mario games. Low key, the Game Boy Color, like those original straight vertical ones were kind of ahead of the game for smartphones in a way too. I don't know how much people drew from those when creating that, but just that natural handheldness in that vertical kind of form. Yeah, I'm sure... It was at least part of the examples they use in terms of like how to design something. And I actually don't know how bad Blackberries and phones like that go, but I'm guessing it's around the same time or maybe a few years after. Yeah, I think Blackberries were releasing around that time, like early to mid 2000s, so that could line up. But also around that time, Nintendo put out the DS, which is, I think, one of the misses they've had. Like, I don't know, it just didn't feel as natural or simple or well executed as like the Game Boys and other stuff, other products that they've made. But I don't know, because like even some of the earlier consoles, yeah, it's not the best design necessarily, but that was when it was just getting started. So you kind of have that leeway. But the DS, it was just never appealing, even as someone who had Game Boys and stuff. I didn't even like consider it at that time. And still now, I don't think it looks great. Yeah, I never had one. I don't think I ever really wanted one. And believe it or not, I think this is one of the most loved Nintendo. Yeah, I know it was popular. Yeah, like they released a lot of like the good games for it. A lot of my cousins that are gamers and stuff and family friends that we had, they loved it and went everywhere with it. Even kept upgrading because I remember the DS came out, but then they brought out like the DS Lite. And then they made like an XL one with like the screens were bigger. And then one that was kind of successful, if I remember, was like the 3DS. Brought in like 3D type images or something. Honestly, don't even know if I ever used that one. Because I have played the DS and stuff like that. But they kind of just went on almost a la Apple style. Where like they kept re-releasing like a redefined version of the same product. Seemed to work for them. Where they were selling, I guess, if... They kept making them. Definitely felt a little gimmicky, especially with the two screens. It's like, oh, yeah, doing a lot. <laughs> Let's tone it down a little bit. I think also around that time, I mean, I did have the different Game Boys and stuff to play in general, but especially good portable things. So when you're on the bus or wherever, like, you can play it and it's easy. But around that time as well, consoles started to become more of a thing. Got the PS2 at some point in the early to mid-2000s. And got more into that as well. And other friends had other consoles too. And then when the Wii dropped, I remember it being a thing. 
this was like 06 that it came out and I remember getting it somewhat early on and being excited just by kind of how different it was because PlayStation Xbox you had similar types of controllers and ways you do it you know you press this button on this similar shaped controller whereas the Wii it was like a tall vertical almost TV remote with different buttons but it also had the different sensor technology so you'd be moving around more and they had the Wii board and like all this stuff where they were trying to push the bounds of gaming in that way and you know some work better than others but even just Wii Sports like the main built-in thing still holds up to this day and still is like a meme sometimes with the bowling reactions and stuff like that and I think it ties back to what you were bringing up earlier of just embracing the fun nature of it and also very family-friendly, kid-friendly and all that. So even though it maybe didn't last super long or didn't kind of evolve in a way that let it be sustainable and relevant today, it still had a good run. And even if it was just a blip, like I would still pro what they did with that and what they tried. This is, I feel like, where they marked that split where I mentioned where they kind of just took a different route than what everyone else was doing in the gaming industry. And again, not necessarily in a bad way. It's just like their market was different. They were like trying to push for a different group of people, not just like the the hardcore gamers that were trying to play shooting games or whatever. They went for the, the home, for the family, fun activities. And you can even go as far, I think, as to thank them for starting up like the motion gaming that you can now see with VR and other types of games, which is the inevitable route that gaming has taken. You know, we've seen Ready Player One and movies of the future like that where we're eventually going to be in this uh, metaverse or I don't know, in this other world where we're kind of using our bodies, but not necessarily present. We're kind of like in this outer world and does use a lot of the controls that the Wii was using. The technology that the Wii uses, obviously just redefined and better graphics and whatnot, but it's one of those things is like the early form of it. Shout out to that. It's also like one of the most sold Nintendo consoles overall, which is one of the signs that something is super successful. You could find that at almost any home. I feel like when the Wii came out, like everyone had one except me. <laughs> but a lot of my cousins did. Like, I trust me, I've played all the games many times. I think that's why I'm so good at bowling, even though it's not the same at all. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Wii was something special for sure, whether you liked it or not. And they kind of went pretty quiet after that until the Switch. But then the Switch was like a huge comeback and now is one of their most successful products of all time easily, if not up there. I don't know the exact numbers of sales and stuff, but I would guess it's maybe top three products they've made of all time. I know it's a little biased, like that recency bias. Obviously, it's like the last Nintendo product. It's the last Nintendo product that I bought or owned. But I do agree. I think it's top two, possibly the best one. You know when like artists make something and you're like, oh, with this project, I saw everything that they've been working on before and they put it into one. This is what they did with the Switch. It has the perfect handheld just feel to it. It looks beautiful. It looks nice. Even though it's like bigger, it's not like you can pocket it. It's small enough where you can carry it in a bag easily, throw it anywhere, play, like you said, in the bus, in the train, anywhere if you're traveling. It looks good. The graphics in it are good. The technology is up there. Like the screen, the, the LED is like actually like one of the better ones you could find. 
so yeah they finally did like the product that they should have been doing because i think they released something similar with the wii u which i think is one of their least successful console slash handheld which was where they try to put like the in-home console mixed with like a handheld and like for you to be able to switch off if you want to stop playing on the big screen you could just transfer it to the small screen continue playing but it wasn't successful at all it was clunky still had like the weaker kind of graphics i don't know it, it was something that i don't feel they thought out very well but with the switch they found like the perfect recipe and as a person that owned it i could say that i'd easily buy this again the games they were dropping for it were fire they re-released like all the classics obviously with like better graphics and stuff they kept their cartoon type ways but they made it look beautiful they made the colors pop they made it look good and yeah it kind of like brought this new life i think to nintendo so yeah it's like one of the major pros for me is that nintendo switch yeah even those features like you mentioned that they tried before but kind of brought into the switch in a more complete way going from small screen to hooking it up to your TV and stuff like that, or even just that you can take the controls off the side of it. And a lot of just smart design and things that were clearly super well thought out and just work pretty seamlessly from when I've played it with you and with other people as well. So I think can't really go wrong with it. There's not much to complain about. Maybe if I was using it all the time, I'd notice different things, but just on a casual level, don't have any cons really. Do you think they'll just keep making super small updates like Apple, which you mentioned, or how do you think the Switch will kind of keep going? It's an interesting question because I don't fully know where they can go from here other than, yeah, making the different little touches to it. The gap between a Switch and like a PS5 is massive. Like it's, again, it's almost like it's separate thing. I feel like you could compare more the Switch to like a PSP or a PS Vita instead of the new Xbox, the Xbox One or the PS5, just cause these consoles are one, way more expensive and two, super close to being a computer. They pretty much are like a, a weaker computer if you want to call it that. It's almost like too late for Nintendo to head in that direction. It'll be like a, change and they'll have a lot of ground to make up it'll make it super expensive and on top of that doesn't mean they'll be successful like you're saying if they were to do a console again or something yeah obviously i'm not in charge but let's say i was the ceo super possible i don't know i might apply next <laughs> week but i was a ceo it'd be the dumbest thing to try to drop a console any sort of console the only thing nintendo could do at this point is keep going with handheld handheld games handheld updates uh, it could be the switch i think they did eventually go with like a switch light which is one where i don't think you slide off the controllers or maybe you do i don't remember but i think it's smaller more compact and i think we're gonna see something like that maybe better online connectivity which is also like a pro for the switch they finally made a game where you can play online and like invite friends it's still clunky like i don't like how it worked but it was at least an option and like doable if you wanted to. Yeah, in terms of like what's next for them, I really don't know. It's one of those things where right now, even the Xbox One and PS5, they're like hard to get, they're expensive or whatever. But I think the world is moving to like a PC super powered gaming where even consoles aren't necessarily like the, the future of gaming. 
Yeah, I know gaming on computers is sometimes a thing for just faster play or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think what you're saying about them not doing a console at this point makes sense. It also makes me think again, not to keep bringing it up, but the fact that with the Switch, you can be playing it on the go or connected to your TV or whatever is a much smarter play just in general, because then you have something that someone can be playing anytime, anywhere, but it's all sourced from a smaller device. Like even with consoles, you know, they can be big, they can take up space. The Switch, it's easy, it's small to store, all that stuff with the portability and everything. Even if it's not the Switch itself, like maybe they do another thing in addition or they just pivot. And like as far as the content, quote unquote, with games and all that, I mean, it's pretty crazy how long Super Mario and all those characters that they've created have lasted and at this point feel timeless. Do you think they'll kind of just last, not forever, but for a while? Or do you think they need to bring in more characters and more worlds and franchises and stuff? I think they're in the stage of figuring that out as well themselves. I don't know if you remember, this happened a few years ago, but they try to push it like on iPhone. It was like the Mario app. Not really. Yeah, so this is like a big thing. It was part of like one of their Cupertino meetings and shit. And it came out and it was fun. But then you found out that you had to pay like a $5 per month type fee. Mm. And the game wasn't like fully ready. I remember downloading it and it looked beautiful on an iPhone. Funny enough, I think like with the new iPhone that's coming out or just came out the 14th, you can connect the Switch controllers to the iPhone. I think I read that somewhere like through Bluetooth, like you can play games with that controller. So that might be one of the things they're trying to do, which is kind of like blend together the Nintendo world with like the mobile phone world, which would be kind of smart if they can successfully do something like that since almost the whole world has an iPhone or a phone, Android, whatever it is. Right. Like making it where you don't have to get an extra device. It's just there. Yeah, you pay, I don't know, two or three bucks and you have access to Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. or whatever it is. That could be something they're working on. Three billion people could give you a few bucks a month. That might be a better (laughs) equation anyway. So maybe work with that. And yeah, in terms of like the characters themselves, they're iconic. Mario, I mean, who fucking doesn't know him? So many versions of it. So many different games of him. Even the side characters, the Luigi's, Peach, like they're all kind of become iconic in a smaller way, obviously, but we're obviously sticking to like Nintendo just because of that. Like there's plenty to do other episodes on and I'm pretty sure we will in the future. They are trying. I do know like the last Super Smash Bros that they dropped is still continuously being updated. They have added characters. I think they are in this in between of like figuring that stuff out right now. I do think you can't kind of doubt them or go against them because even and I didn't realize this until I was looking it up, but They've been around since 1889, which is insane. Like they were a trading card, playing card company first for a while. And then eventually late 70s, early 80s, they got into video games and stuff like that and kind of went down that route more. But they went through all these different stages of pivoting and still survived. And I'm interested to see how they continue to evolve because obviously they've kept finding ways to find something new that'll work even when there are gaps like between the Wii and the Switch eventually they figure it out also would you pro or con the name Nintendo because I feel like it goes with that fun nature of the company that we've been talking about and 
almost has no meaning in a good way. Like it just sounds like a fun word to say. Do you think it works? And any opinions on like the logos and stuff too? The name itself, kind of hard for me to say anything bad about it. It's a name that we grew up with it. It's natural. I have no fucking clue if it means anything other than what we see it as. Yeah, I saw something, but it was mixed things on whether that's actually what it translates to or whatever. But yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's one of those where like the actual sound of it. So yeah, it fucking works. One of them iconic classic things, names, logos. For some reason, I don't know why in DR it's like Nintendo, <laughs> like what <with> a L. <laughs> I don't know where that translation happened or that accent. I don't know what to call it, but you see the logo, you see the color, and you kind of immediately know what it is. I feel like the only other one that is different is like the Nintendo 64 version of it because it has yeah. like the dynamic. I don't even what is that 3D, 4D yeah, yeah. with the Nintendo. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, that's what sticks most in my head as the Nintendo logo. Like, just that multicolored 3D shape of the N, it just permanently embedded in my brain and feels so nostalgic in that way. Even the Game Boy Color logo with the color written out, like, handwritten is dope too. But I think those are the best ones. But they, they kind of do a good job at branding in general, and I definitely think it's just a good name that rolls off the tongue. No, yeah, that one, that N is iconic. It works. Obviously, I own the 64, so that's also embedded in my brain. Like, I've seen it, who knows, thousands of times. Mm -hmm. Last thing before we go, obviously, we're both big baseball fans. We talk about it on the show a bunch. Are you aware of Nintendo having ownership in the Mariners for decades? Not currently, but they did. I don't know that I knew that because I don't think so. However, when you mention it, it makes sense. I mean, it's also bigger than even just having a stake in it because when they bought the stake, the team was about to be relocated. It was put up for sale, and if no one bought it or whatever, then it was going to move to Florida, actually. Basically, Nintendo had like a good relationship with the city of Seattle from like American business stuff. And so the chairman of Nintendo was like, Let's put the money in, make this happen. And there was a whole thing of like, there weren't any foreign owners in baseball before that. So it had to get approved and was like this whole ordeal. And eventually it got worked out basically, but saved the Mariners from leaving Seattle and allowed them to stay there. And I thought the quote about it was really funny too. Seattle and the state of Washington have been very good to us. We've done extremely well here. We believe we owe something to the community. If you need $100 million to buy a baseball team, you've got $100 million, Damn. which is just like the biggest flex. Can't hate on that. Shout out to Nintendo for that. <laughs> for doing anything to uh, affect baseball. I'll fuck with you. And I think it even ended up being like $125 million when they actually did it. And they would do promotions like they gave away a DS at one of the games and stuff. That was like special Mariners branded and other things like that. So... Then they ended up selling the stakes or shares, whatever, in the mid-2010s, but made, like, a cool, you know, 600-plus million, so not a bad investment. Damn, imagine if Nestor Cortez played for the Mariners during that time. <laughs> Endless Mario references. And Matt Carpenter, you know, the stash bros. Carpenter, yeah, yeah. For me, overall, Nintendo can't speak ill of it. Grew up with it. It's my first 
interactions with video games is probably why I love video games as much as I do. I still play, not as much as I would like to, but still have my PlayStation. Again, I don't play this much, but I think I even own it because of my beginnings with Nintendo. Had a bunch of fun, had a bunch of moments with my parents, especially my mom, because she liked Mario. Can't go wrong. I mean, I just wish they kind of were more in the game and created consoles that if anything, we're battling between Xbox and PlayStation, not necessarily go the safe way. But with that said, their last game or console to come out with the Switch was a big success for me. So Nintendo overall, I'm going to have to go with uh, Light Pro. Don't think I'll own anything else Nintendo for a very long time, depending what comes in the future. But just because of the times I had as a kid with it, I can't go con. So yeah. Yeah, overall for me, I think we were slightly late to the party on some of the initial consoles and stuff that would have probably been cool to have as a kid more, but I think we still hit it at a good time and still have nostalgia for the GameCube and 64 and stuff from just playing them after their kind of main years anyway, from people still having it. And then having the different Game Boys myself, definitely memorable, no complaints there. The Wii, like I said, was a fun little experience while it lasted. And the Switch, even though I don't have one myself, I've played it. I think that's been a good comeback for them in that way. And like I said, they've been around for over a century and have just figured it out. So I feel like whatever their next moves are, they'll take their time and do it well. At least that's kind of what they've shown us so far. So we'll see. But overall, I'd probably have to give Nintendo like a light to solid pro, probably a solid pro. So that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. And I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And if Nintendo does go into the metaverse, just don't sell the company to Facebook. <laughs>